Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, throughout the greater Philadelphia area and around the world. Thank you for tuning in once again to Mike G in the Morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We appreciate you joining us and tuning in and making us a part of your Philadelphia Friday. I want to remind everybody that we've got a lineup here at Fox News Radio WFYL throughout the entire week that you ought to listen to. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m., we've got Ben Shapiro with The Ben Shapiro Show. Scott Adams bringing you The Scott Adams Show weekdays from 9 a.m. until noon. Dana Lash coming on weekdays from noon right until Ben Shapiro. And we've got Michael Savage bringing you The Savage Nation weekdays at 6 p.m. So please give him a listen and show him some love. You can participate in the free and open exchange of thoughts and ideas through the Mike G in the Morning social media profiles. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Mike G in the Morning. Our YouTube page is Mike G in the Morning. Do us a favor, like our videos and subscribe to our channel. Our Twitter handle is at Radio Mike G. And our screen name on the Instagram's website is Mike G in the Morning. You know, I come on the air today with a very heavy heart. I thought about perhaps not doing the program this week. But I think it's best that I come on and share a little bit with our listeners and our audience about my life and the things on the inside. I'm typically a pretty private person, but uh, some things I think are best shared with others. In the event that one of our listeners is going through something similar, those of you who know me personally, and perhaps even professionally, know that the absolute pride and joy of my life for the last roughly eight years has been my little dog. Little Eleanor Rigby Jeremita, or as we called her, Ellie, was adopted by the Mrs. G and I from Texas while I was in law school. And we probably treated her far more like a human being than we were supposed to. She was our baby girl. She was just as much a part of the family as anybody else. She was our entire world. A little Eleanor Rigby and adopting her from a rescue weren't quite certain about her past. Knew that it involved her being abused. And I guess you could say we tried to make up for lost time. We really spoiled her as much as we possibly could. And I know that she was appreciative of that. At first when we had her, you could tell she wasn't quite sure about what was going on. Understandably, if she had been beaten and abused for the first several years of her life. And I want to say something about that. There are people out there who abuse animals. I would have loved to have 10 minutes in a room alone with whoever did that to my little girl. Anybody who has it in them to hurt animals, these innocent creatures, for the purposes of abuse... That's a really, really slimy kind of human being. And the things that they deserve, well, frankly, I can't even say them on the air. But little Ellie, with the life that we gave her, she was truly appreciative. And after she got over that 
stage of not being certain about what was going on, you could tell at some point she realized that she was, in fact, the most special girl in the entire world, that she knew she had it pretty good. And she had some health issues over the years. We made sure to keep a very close eye on that. She had an operation that was very serious in 2016 where we almost lost her. And from there on out, Ellie bounced back and her mother boiled her chicken every single day. And she stayed somewhat healthy. She had a few bumps in the road, but she was extremely, extremely tough. Always bounced back as the vet told us. You know Ellie, she's like the Energizer Bunny. Well, right around February, it's coming home from a speech, and Philly Chris was actually with me. Got a call from the missus that we were going to have to take Ellie to the hospital. We brought her in. Doctor said that they need to remove the spleen, and that there was a possibility that they could remove it and she would be okay. Well, they went ahead with the operation and he said the operation was a success, but they found something on her spleen and we'd have to wait for test results. Well, a couple of weeks later, we got that call. Something they call hermangiocarcinoma. Apparently a very aggressive cancer. And I'll tell you what, it was very tough to get that news. The black and blues on my shins from kicking the heavy bag the next few days, somebody would likely think that I'm some kind of a maniac. Couldn't understand why it would happen to this precious little girl who did nothing wrong, who had already been through so much. Well, not only us, but everybody in our entire family prayed for little Ellie. And for the next few months... She acted as though she was a puppy one more time. I can honestly say that she was in the best shape of her life from February until perhaps two weeks ago. And we enjoyed every minute of it, took her out every chance we got. Made sure we really enjoyed every last minute. A couple of weeks ago... She had a little bit of a pickup. She collapsed. I brought her into the hospital. They kept her overnight, and the doctor gives us a call and says, can't believe we're saying this, but looks like she's going to be okay. So they send her home, and Ellie being Ellie, as tough as anything, it's like nothing ever even happened. Well, last Sunday, Flag Day, I woke up thinking it would be a pretty good day. Looked outside, weather was nice. Had the missus. Had little Ellie, and missus and I decided, let's take her on a ride. It's nice out. Let's go for a ride, get some fresh air. The missus decides to bring Ellie downstairs first, and I would meet them down at the car. I get a phone call from the missus saying, we've got an emergency down here. I need you down here right away. LE 911. So I come downstairs. And sometimes when you hear 
your wife say something like that, you're not sure whether it's 911, there's a serious emergency, or 911, there's a spider in the bathroom. All of us have been there. But I hustle down there. I get down there and she says, Ellie's collapsed. I thought for a second that maybe she hurt her leg or something. But I go to pick her up and her head rolls back, her tongue's hanging out of her mouth, and she's breathing very hard. We knew we had to get her somewhere immediately, or that would be it. So we throw her in the back of the car. I don't know any vets near where we live. Our vet that we've stuck with, who performed the surgery in 2016, is over an hour away. And I drive 90 miles an hour to the closest animal hospital I could find. Pull in the parking lot, grab her from the back, run to the front door, start kicking on the door. They finally let in the long-haired, bearded maniac kicking on the front door with a nine-pound morky dog in his arms. And they brought her to the back. They called us and brought us on in. Well, it turned out that that was going to be all for little Ellie. And we had to say goodbye. I've had family members die horrible deaths. I had an uncle who got cancer from the cleanup after 9-11. Four different types of cancer. They didn't catch it till it was late stage. Had him wither away in front of me. Held that man's hand while he died. And throughout that entire process, I was sad. I could say that I was messed up. But I didn't physically shed tears. Not because I claim to be some kind of a tough guy or anything. It's just not me. A very close friend of mine passed away last year. We spoke about him on the air. Didn't shed physical tears. But when I lost my little girl, I absolutely cried my eyes out. It's very difficult for me to talk about it. I contemplated not speaking about it on the air. Like I mentioned, contemplated not doing this program this week. You know, Mark Levin, somebody who's been in this business a long, long time, his rescue dog passed away, took five days off. Unheard of from a guy like that. Something very difficult to go through in life. And the reason I ultimately wanted to bring this up is all of the hard work that I've put into my career, whether it's the law, whether it's the radio, or my new ventures on television, ultimately, I don't set out to do these things with my career's advancement in mind. I don't set out to do these things so I could have the best radio show or have the best television program or have the best law firm or be the best lawyer or the best author. Now, those are all important to me, but that's not the reason why I do these things. 
the reason why I've set out to be the best in everything that I do is because I want the best for my family. For the Mrs. G. And for as long as I can remember, for little Ellie. So it makes you think about putting in all these hours, putting in all this time, all this effort, all the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into this thing. If it's ultimately for the people in your family, or the little baby girl who you adopted from Texas, It stands to reason that there needs to be some level of balance. At some point, you have to realize, I may be doing all these things for the good of my family, but along the way, I better enjoy it. I better enjoy this time while I can. You know, I had... Somebody called me today, very sad situation where his son's house burned down. Now, thankfully, his son, the children, some of my friend's grandchildren, and their dog all made it out alive. It's going to be a very difficult time for these people while they're rebuilding this house or finding a new place to live. Very sad that they've been displaced. But he and I were talking about how the most important thing is that everybody is okay. And as we're talking about it and he's starting to feel a little bit better, he may think I'm crazy. But I said, you know what? Everybody being okay, please understand that that's the most important thing. Because if right now you told me I could have my little Ellie back and all I had to do is burn my house down... Well, I'd do it in a second. So this one's for Ellie. This one's for anybody who's listening who knows where I'm coming from. And for those of you who haven't had the misfortune of losing a dog that you love, make sure you enjoy every minute of it while you can. Daddy loves you. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. You know, I want to have a little bit of a discussion with Philly Chris. read this article recently, and apparently there's been some kind of peer-reviewed study in a psychology journal, and their findings are that people who believe in conspiracy theories of any kind have some sort of cognitive dysfunction. Philly Chris, are you with me? Yeah, I'm right here, Mike. And um, hey, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, so sorry for your loss, you and Mrs. G, and thanks for sharing that. You know, I think um, it was really touching, by the way, your story there. And, uh, you know, with everything going on in the world, I think it's a important time for all of, all of us to live in the moment a bit, you know, really enjoy what we have right now because things are so dynamic and yesterday's gone and who knows what tomorrow holds. But anyway, thanks for sharing that, Mike, with us. Thank you. She, so she sorry loved, for your loss. She yeah. loved her Uncle Chris very much. <laughs> She was very sweet. Very sweet. I will miss her, too. And God bless you guys and her. Thank you. So do you have that article pulled up uh, about the psychology and conspiracy theories? Were you able to take a look at that? Yeah, let me bring that back up. I read through it earlier and uh, pulling it back up right now. Um, yeah, it was kind of shocking to read through that because uh, they're basically going as far out there as saying it's, uh, you know, an actual... Uh, 
Well, I don't know. How, how would you put it, Mike? I mean, it's kind of a crazy article, really, when you read it. Yeah, it's by Sarah Sloat, I guess her name is, on getpocket.com. Conspiracy theorists have a fundamental cognitive problem, say scientists. Again, we're relying on these scientists for everything these days, right? Yeah, supposedly. So here's the first, I want to read the first couple of paragraphs. The world's scary. The world's a scary, unpredictable place, and that makes your brain mad. As a predictive organ, the brain is on the constant lookout for patterns that both explain the world and help you thrive in it. That ability helps humans make sense of the world. For example, you probably understand by now that if you see red, that means you should be on the lookout for danger. But as scientists report in a 2017 paper published in the European Journal of Social Psychology, sometimes people sense danger even when there is no pattern to recognize. And so their brains create their own. This phenomenon, called illusory pattern perception, they write, is what drives people who believe in conspiracy theories like climate change deniers, 9-11 truthers, and Pizzagate believers. At the outset, Chris, what do you think of those first two paragraphs? Is there some kind of agenda here that sticks out to you? Yeah, I would say so. You know, it's interesting that they're going directly after, um, you know, folks that they deem as conspiracy theorists. And then also the fact that they're picking out climate change, 9-11 and, and Pizzagate. It's kind of obvious that there's some sort of political agenda there, I would think. Is that are, how you are, there any, are there any conspiracy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so okay. First of all, as far as yeah. far as Pizzagate goes, there are things that have been released in those emails from John Podesta. Right. That absolutely, I mean, the, yeah, these are not. Explain. How do you explain a, it? Right. How else yeah. could you I explain like it? like a pizza for an hour. Yeah, a pizza yeah. for an hour. Uh, you left a pizza. Somebody left a pizza, a handkerchief that has a pizza map in my apartment. Right. And this, these are all code words in the world of pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And because anybody wants to look into it further or call it out for what it seems to be, Apparently, if, if you question it at all, then you've got a mental illness, according to, the, according to these people, right? Or if you ask any questions about climate change, then, you know, sure. you, you have a mental illness. Or 9-11, if you ask any questions about 9-11, I think that's an interesting one, because that was one for a while that it was only people on the left, right? Or majority people on the left. But it seems to have changed over the years. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. When it first happened, Bush was the president. So people saying that, you know, this isn't what happened. The government's lying to us. Right. It seemed like there were a lot of people on the left. But as time goes on, I feel like more and more people on the right dislike George W. Bush and are asking questions into these things. Do you notice that? Yeah, I do. And I think there's a lot of things that don't add up about that whole situation. You know, and we could probably get into that during another show. But there's, you know, the, the military training uh, activities that were going on that day that created miscommunication issues. And then there's things blowing up inside the building. And there were independent reports later about some odd findings, you know, thermite jets that cut through steel beams, things of that nature. So, you know, is it a theory? Is there some fact there? But the, the troubling thing, I think, Mike, and I'm glad you brought up this article today is this is kind of where we're heading like and it seems like it's happening uh the momentum around these types of articles and this type of uh thinking and and pointing finger
leaders, uh, you know, across the aisle and now claiming that, you know, people who question things are literally insane. Then then what's next? Is it going to be like a red flag law? Like, right. You know? I, well, that's like, that's where my mind goes, because right. when I deal with I, I deal with mental health as a part of my profession on a daily basis, I'm dealing right. with people who have had some kind of involuntary mental health treatment and therefore their gun rights have been taken away from them. That would so be like I a 302 see, or something, right? So a three, yeah, in Pennsylvania, you'd have the most basic forms called a 302, involuntary emergency examination and treatment. And what does it take to be 302? It takes a doctor's signature. Right. So if a doctor decides that you meet the criteria, you're danger to yourself or others, uh, you're severely mentally disabled and in need of immediate treatment, and you should see how uh, liberal, so to speak, I don't mean liberal in a political sense, but how, uh, you know, liberal they are when it comes to uh, signing these 302s, meaning they'd rather be safe than sorry. Does that make right. sense? They don't yeah, want to be in a position where this person, they let this person go and they go ahead and hurt themselves or hurt somebody else because they feel like the finger is going to be pointed back at them. Why didn't you do something when you had the opportunity when they walked into your office? Right. Sure. Yeah. They're erring on the side of the of caution, but really throwing out the constitution and personal rights in the, in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the system is broken from, right. from that, right. that in that respect. There's no two ways about that. But mm -hmm. when you have... Uh, you know, a journal of social psychology coming out and saying that if you question things, then you have a mental illness, uh, you have a specific dysfunction. Right. Or at least it tends to suggest that you do. It says illusory pattern perception, the act of seeking patterns that aren't there has been linked to belief in conspiracy theories. Mm. But that assumption has never really been supported with empirical evidence. The British and Dutch scientists behind the new study are some of the first to show that this explanation is, in fact, correct. Mm. So, uh, to, to have them out there saying that if you question these things, then that tends to suggest you've got some kind of a mental illness. Is that all it's going to take to get the ball rolling now? That you ask any questions about what the government's telling us? Yeah, well, it certainly seems like they're moving in that direction. And, uh, you know, it's like the example you use at your seminars about putting the frog in the in the pot of hot water. You put it in when it's cold and you warm it up and they don't really notice, right? Instead of... Well, yeah, the, the, the fact that they've been doing the things that they've been doing for as long as they have... Uh, when we get to this point, I guess it doesn't seem like so far of a stretch, right? Right, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. I think a lot of people already uh, believe that about certain folks who like to question the narrative or, you know, the, the, the standard story from certain news networks or from the government, let's say. And I think, you know, what happened What happened to questioning authority? It's okay to question authority, right? Or is that not allowed anymore? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're asking if it's okay. <laughs> Am I going to okay. get in trouble for saying that? Uh, what do you mean by is it? It depends on what you mean by is uh, it okay? Yeah, you know, right. is, it okay, is it okay to who, you know? Hold on, there's a knock at the door. Give me a Yeah, look. right? You got guys in black suits sitting there right. going to take you away in a straight jacket, Philly Chris. Right. Do they still do the straight jacket? I don't know. I mean, That's uh, a good question. Usually yeah. when I'm involved with the mental health treatment, I've been I've been in a mental health facility uh, litigating for somebody who's on the brink of being what they call 303, so that's an extended stay. Okay. Um, but, you know, that the, my, my experience actually in the facility is few and far between. Typically, I'm in court with them 
know, years down the road or at right. some point down the road because they're trying to either expunge their mental health treatment record or they're trying to restore their rights. So I don't get to go in and see whether or not they, they've got straight jackets or anything like that. I don't know what kind of what kind of equipment they've been using. I'll look into that for the next show. <laughs> I'll find out. Uh, here we go. Uh, well, let's. I want to show another thing about this article. They say, um, the researchers suggest that irrational beliefs are born from Pattern perception because the automatic tendency to make sense of the world by identifying meaningful relationships between stimuli. Yeah, how dare you try to make sense of the world? But distortions can happen and the brain can connect dots that are actually non-existent. People are bad at judging what's random and believe that oftentimes patterns are actually coincidences, which leads to irrational connections between unrelated stimuli. For example, just because societal power is dominated by the rich does not mean those rich people are Illuminati Satanists. So that is a thing that many people believe. So is that a conspiracy theory that makes you mentally ill in the, the mind of this author? That if you think that there's anybody, any Satanists in positions of power in this country or in position of power in this world, then you must be mentally ill if you think that? Apparently, based on the way the article's written, it it's definitely uh, suggesting that at a minimum. What was that that uh, documentary that you could find on YouTube, Out of the Shadows? Oh, that's right. Yes, I recommend that everybody check that one out. It'll absolutely knock your socks off. Out of Shadows, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. believe it was Out of the Shadows uh, or Out of Shadows. Yeah, Out of yeah. Shadows 2020. Check that out. Uh, maybe we could post that out on social media so people can get a a link to that. And talk. I mean, I don't know. Now you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy theorist. They're coming to take me away. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me make a phone call. Here. Remember that song back in the day, right? Uh, well, you know what's interesting about this article and looking at it from, let's say, maybe somewhat of a scientific level. We are designed. You know, it's in our genetic code to um, notice patterns. You know, we do it with our, other people's faces. You know, in the way that we remember um, people. And, and identify patterns in facial structures. We look at the seasons, you know, the calendar, the way the moon, the stars. So it's innate in human nature for us to look at patterns and understand them. We wouldn't be able to, you know, uh, plant seeds for gardening at certain times of the year if we didn't recognize those patterns in prior years and our parents and ancestors shared that information with us. So I think it's a basic survival technique. Now, can it be done improperly or can people look into things and make connections? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean just by questioning it that you're uh, that you're going down that road, right? Questioning it is important because sure. if, what they're saying is that, I mean, suppose somebody does have some kind of theory about uh, Satanist people in the Illuminati taking control and they do happen to be wrong. And let's just suppose that for the purpose of discussion. Is that so bad that somebody's taken a guess about something or they've tried to connect some dots and it turns out they weren't correct? I mean, is it right. is, is it a crime to be wrong? <laughs> you're mentally ill if you're if you you know if you try to do something and you're wrong, I mean, try to figure something out and you're wrong, that's really discouraging. I mean, the only alternative would be to sit back and accept something like the, the common narrative that's forced down your throat. Whatever common narrative, whatever the consensus is, then that's what you must believe. Otherwise, you're mentally ill. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, it seems like there's more of these types of articles and folks talking, you know, in, in this manner about 
folks who do question things, you know, and even if you are questioning something and, you know, it's not proven right, doesn't mean you're wrong either. You know, maybe it's just so well hidden behind the scenes and it hasn't been proven yet, but people figure things out all the time, you know, how, how do detectives put things together? Right. So, you know, they should shame every detective that gets it wrong <laughs> at the asset, right? <laughs> or if you're even questioning, you know, let's say that you show up on a crime scene. I like that example. You show up on a crime scene and three people are there and they all say that X happened. But you start to look at the evidence and you say, well, something doesn't add up here. I want right. to take a look further into this because for me, it looks kind of like maybe Y happened. X didn't happen. Maybe Y happened. Right. And then you start asking some questions or start looking for some more evidence and trying to connect the dots. And they say, no, 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 detective, we got to put you in the, the mental health facility because right, you right. didn't accept the, the testimony of the three people that were there. You're trying to connect dots and all this stuff. We can't have people doing that. And they, they, right. they put them away. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, theories are still okay. As far as I know, a lot of scientific uh, discoveries are first theories as well. And then they're, they're proven in the long run. So, yeah, it's troubling. That's well, a troubling. They, they don't want new scientists. They want the, the scientists right. that are there yeah. and they're able to dictate anything. There's only certain special scientists. You didn't know they should have stopped uh, when the, the Earth was flat because those scientists. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably a bad example because right. there are people out there on YouTube who believe that the Earth is, in fact, flat. And that's yeah. a, that in of itself is a conspiracy theory. I don't know if you knew yeah. that. Have you heard? Oh, actually, that? I'm going to prove it on the next show that it hey, is. You're going to prove it. Here. It <laughs> is in fact. That's no, great. I've seen that. Yeah, that's a tough one, especially when you have astronauts who have gone to the moon and taken pictures of, of the Earth, and we see other uh, celestial bodies that are. How do you know? Not. How do you know they've gone to the moon? Could be all well, Hollywood. no, maybe not. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just busting your chops. I'm just busting your chops. Maybe, maybe we ought to have a flat earther come on the yeah. program sometime, right? Just hear what they have to say. Why not? We're not going to call them crazy. Right, right. We might call, listen, one, one thing we don't do for people who have wild ideas is call them crazy. We might call them a dummy or a knucklehead, <laughs> but we're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to call them crazy. No, not at all. We welcome you. Come on the show. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with the law matters only on Fox News Radio WFYL Russ did you have something on that uh yeah I was going to I was thinking about the uh the definition of what these folks call you know insanity and stuff like that uh or mentally ill for you know or whatever they're trying to say about it basically from what I understand they're saying People who come up with an idea and are wrong are therefore uh, mentally ill. Well, there's a few people that, you know, we we feel are in high regard um, who have tried many times and failed many times and then got it right. Finally, uh, one of those that sticks out in my mind was Thomas Edison. And, and I'm reading from an article here. Uh, it says Thomas Edison's teacher said he was too stupid to learn anything. He was fired from his two jobs for being non-productive. As an inventor, Edison made a thousand unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. When a reporter asked how did he feel about how how did he feel to fail a thousand times, Edison replied, "I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps." <laughs> That's great. And you that know, he great. to to have this idea of a little 
orb that holds light that can, you know, provide light instead of candles and fire for that matter, you know, to have that idea and then fail a thousand times, would he, would he have been, you know, 302 or whatever? Yeah, right. And, Maybe uh, this guy is crazy. You know, Why, where is he getting this, uh, you know, space aliens type technology aspiration that that obviously isn't working? This guy must be nuts. He's obsessed over this idea that's never going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's an excellent excellent point. Good. I wonder if somebody like that could even exist this day and age with the way things are going. And it's only getting worse. You know what I want to do next, though, is I want to open up the floor, uh, have somewhat of a digital roundtable. We've got a couple of callers. You know, we've also got Philly Chris. We've got uh, Russ. You're always welcome to join in. But we've got uh, Jenny from the block from Jersey. And we've also got regular guests on this program, Carrie B. Scott. Carrie, are you with us? How you doing, Mike? What's on your mind? All right. Well, a couple of things. Uh, first off, two separate things. First off is uh, Galileo, and, and I really hope I'm right about, about him. Um, a lot of people said, and still do, and they're still on YouTube, say that the Earth is flat. Galileo, everybody said the Earth was flat. He had this wacky idea that it was round. And, uh, you know, what if what if people didn't listen to him? They said he was crazy. But uh, let me go to something more, slightly more recent. Alex Jones, and I even say that name. Oh, he's crazy. Because everybody put into our head that he was. Now, he's been on the, the air for, for many years. And um, I'll tell you something. The One of the craziest things, the quote-unquote craziest things about him is that, you know, you listen to that show and he says some wacky things and this and that, but he's right again and again about many things. The first time that I heard, uh, or the most recent thing that I can think of is is something called Pizzagate. Now, um, as far as the pizza place and this and that, was that, you know, was that correct? I don't know. He was forced to apologize. Um, But one name that he brought up several times was Jeffrey Epstein. And John Podesta and John Podesta and Jeffrey Epstein and Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Nobody was talking about this. Net, you know, where's Jeffrey Epstein now? Um, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill him. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. But of all these crazy things that are on YouTube, and look, I don't care about the flat earth, frankly. Actually, I noticed that if, if you make a documentary with only one person with a great narrating voice, you, you can make almost anything sound true. Um, the earth is flat. Yeah, Uh, maybe it is. But um, anyway, uh, (laughs) sorry, I had to throw that in Kansas. No, I'm not getting into it. Yeah. On the documentary, it says that Kansas is actually concave. No, but um, Alex Jones says several things, you know, on Infowars. Like I said, look, let's say he is uh, mostly wacky and, and wrong about a lot of stuff. Well, He's the only one that you can't find on YouTube. Well, they did silence him. Bring up a good point. And you can't find him on Twitter. And you can't find him on Google. If you try to search, he's way down there. And uh, um, what's the other one? Uh, Instagram, gone. He's gone. Silicon Valley has firmly, firmly silenced him. And a guy who never apologizes for anything had to apologize with the whole, for whatever reason, about the whole uh, Pizzagate thing and John Podesta and apologize about Jeffrey Epstein. So, uh, you know, conspiracy theorists, you're more of a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist, apparently, the closer you get to certain people. And um, so... So they got all over him for for bringing out these uh, political ties to Jeffrey Epstein or these high-profile ties to Jeffrey Epstein. Thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. several other things. things, but that's one of them. But may, maybe he was on to something with the Jeffrey Epstein oh, pedophilia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he might have been on to something there. Maybe, maybe <laughs> there was something to that one, no? <laughs> I mean, 
if they had called it Epstein Gate and not Pizza Gate, it still would have been crazy and he's off the air. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, you know what's absolutely mind blowing, though? And, you know, if, he's in the gulag. If, you know, it's mind blowing. And, and uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the record. Um, I don't even know if I should say this. I, I really don't even know if I should say this. You have to this. say it now. Now you have to say it. You got to say it. I really don't even know if I should say this. But the bottom line, but they asked uh, Bill Clinton about his ties to Jeffrey Epstein. And he said he's never been to any of Jeffrey Epstein's residences, whether it was in New Mexico, Florida, or on the island. Uh, yet the, the flight logs show that Clinton was on the airplane 26 times. That's easy to oh, forget. 26-0. I get those mixed up all the time. Nothing, nothing, you understand why I'm hesitant? Nice. I've never been on any of those flights. He went there for like a month. <laughs> like a month and he forgot about it. Yeah. I completely forgot all about those 26 times. I swear. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with any of those women. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yes, I, I wanted to say something. Jenny um, from the block, was, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So I, I was just thinking from a psychological perspective, you can call anybody's opinion something that's outlandish, a conspiracy theory. So let's look at what the left is saying. I mean, I go through my Twitter feed every day and I'm wondering, what are the, who are they talking about? They're saying that Donald Trump is Hitler. They're saying he hates women. They're saying he hates other races. Who are they talking about? I would like to know. They're talking about I themselves. Don't see that. Yes, because I'm looking at him and say, why is he Hitler? Because he says he wants to close the border and monitor, make sure that you know, prop, you know people who want to be in the country are coming in for the right reason. How are you Hitler because of that? Tell me. And how is he Hitler? He hires women. He was the first man to hire a woman at the head of his construction team back when it was unheard of. That's actually how very true. You... That's a very good story to actually Trump look at, too. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't just her. There were a couple of people, uh, a couple of women that he put in positions of power decades ago when that right. wasn't a thing. It wasn't cool for the liberals to, to put women in charge of things back then. He just did it because his primary concern was best person for the job, right. uh, which I think is a pretty good system. Uh, that's an excellent point that, it, you know, people completely ignore this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, they jump to the conclusion that oh, this person must be mentally ill if they don't agree with my conclusion. Uh, they, they don't provide reasons. They don't provide and reasons or rationales. They provide conclusions. And that's, and that's it. Theory. And that's a, based you know, on feeling an emotion or or something that they came up with. So that to me, they that sounds like a conspiracy theory to me. That's an excellent There's, point mm -hmm. about the way they interact with these people. The that reminds me of something, though. Um, Carrie and I were talking about how uh, with everything that's going on and the aftermath of the most recent shooting, uh, Kerry thought it was a good idea for the NRA to donate money to Black Lives Matter. Mm. And part of the reasoning was it would be a show of good faith and people would then understand that the NRA is not a racist organization. And my response was that's absolutely nonsense because when you're talking to the people who dubbed the NRA and gun owners and Donald Trump racist just because you can provide them with any kind of evidence whatsoever. I don't, they will not care that a million dollars were donated. They will not care about the, the facts 
and the actions that people have oh. taken, uh, they will still remain steadfast in their conclusion that the NRA, gun owners, Republicans, Donald Trump, these are all racists. Well, here's the thing, Mike, a couple of things. Number one, will they take the money or not? If not, well, they need all this money. Why won't they take it? Number two is it might give the NRA at least a floor to be able to talk about what they are, which is the nation's oldest civil rights organization. Even if you ask Google's Alexa, unless they've taken that out. But, but that's which, what it says. Uh, okay. But, um, well, is Black and, Lives and Matter? No, no, no. Hold on. You, yeah. you Hold on. Yeah. Pump the brakes. Is Black Lives Matter a true civil rights organization or do they have a political agenda? See, just because you call something something clever doesn't necessarily mean that your actions are supporting that particular ideal. Uh, we, we can start an organization called anything that nobody mm. can disagree with. If yeah. we're doing things that are wrong, uh, you, you don't have to support us just because of our name. That's my question. It's, it's right in theory, but not in execution. The other thing that I would say is, where is all this racism? Because racist people say racist things. I know about people that they used to burn crosses, colored people, water fountains, this, that, and the other thing. So when you run out of things to complain about, because it was hard for me with a racist president and a racist, I'm sorry, with a black president and a black attorney general and a black this and a black that to say, America's we're still racist, but it's just, and you know, even we take the, uh, um, the the cop that executed George Floyd. That's clearly what that was. Um, I don't. Well, know I think if you look racist. at the, uh, I know he's a murderer. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't really care what he was thinking. But um, but back to the NRA. What the NRA thing does is, it's if anything, it might throw a nice wrench into the works. That's all. Maybe they spent millions of dollars on something stupider. So you know, there are a lot of million dollars, and let's see where it goes. That's what I say, Chris. Um, I was just saying that there's uh, a lot of folks questioning them, even in the African-American community right now, about what they are actually doing and what they've been able to accomplish and what their true motives may be. Um, you know, I think more of that has been coming out, especially over the past few days. There's been quite a few videos I've noticed on Facebook and YouTube and certain things on the news. Um, so, you know, it's a delicate topic, but I think to Mike's point, you know, you have to be real careful with how you start to fund those types of organizations because just because it has a name that sounds holistic and positive doesn't mean that's really ultimately their their final goal with what they're doing. You know right. what I, I think we're all on the same page that, yes, black lives do matter. Yes. And yes, racism is horrible. And yes, we want everybody to have equal rights. Uh, but that doesn't mean just because that's what you title your organization that you're automatically infallible, right? I, I'd like to know more about what exactly is going on, what exactly are they doing, where are they spending this money, and, and what is it going to? Um, because if you're funding something that's that's destructive uh, i'm not saying and that's not what i'm saying about this particular organization i'm saying that if you're giving money to something that's destructive then that's not helpful in any way shape or form especially when uh you're not going to win on that front anyhow and they're trying to defund the police right now which is really a, a concern you know that that's a concern i mean i think that we all agree there needs to be some 
reform, but to completely defund the police. What do you guys think about, what do you guys think of the most recent case in Atlanta? The prosecutor actually said that they're considering the death penalty for that officer, which is, in my mind, absolutely outrageous. As somebody who tries self-defense cases, I think that the layperson and a reasonable person could go into this situation thinking, to some degree, okay, it's a close call as to whether the deadly force was justified. Reasonable minds might differ. What you cannot say is that this man was sleeping in his car. They dragged him out and shot him in the back. That is not how it happened. And everybody who paints it like that is being completely disingenuous. And that's why we can't have a decent discussion. What did happen was they brought him out. They gave him the field sobriety tests. For the beginning of the interaction, the man was absolutely compliant and absolutely respectful. Everybody was courteous all around. Then the minute they tried to arrest him, he beat the crap out of those two cops, tossed them around, reached repeatedly for the taser of one of the officers, got it, got it away from him, and as he was running away and being chased, turns around and fires the taser towards the face of one of the police officers. Then they end up shooting him in the back. We can argue about whether the shooting itself was justified, was that a proper use of deadly force under the circumstances, but what is not up for debate is what happened from start to finish. There's good video of most, if not all, of that interaction. Anybody get any thoughts on all that stuff? I got some um, thoughts. I was actually... I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, all right, I was... Oh, go ahead, Go, 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 to, go, to go ahead, Oh, all right. Um... Yeah, uh, you reach for a cop's belt. Uh, don't don't be you know because there's weapons on his belt. There's tools and stuff. There's flashlight, gun, taser, stuff like that. Uh, if you reach for something on his belt, don't be surprised if you get shot. Because yeah, your intentions, thing, if your intention, incapacitate a law enforcement officer during the, one of those inter- interactions. You have to understand that with an officer, every confrontation becomes an armed confrontation because somebody can be reaching for their firearm under those circumstances. That's what that's the way they're taught in these situations. So if you're shooting somebody <clears throat> shooting towards somebody's face with a taser from close range, you know, yeah. that, that's got to be taken into consideration. It's not as simple as he shot him in the back and that's that. Well, no, it's not that simple. And, you know, I, I do agree with what you're saying. And because he showed hostility toward the police, he he obviously was not reaching for the taser to help them with the situation. Oh, hey, officer, I, I feel like, you know, uh, because I'm drunk as a skunk here, I'm just going to tase myself for you. And then you can and you don't have to go through the trouble of wrestling me to the ground. You know, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to tase myself in the butt. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just going to tase myself in the butt. No, he beat the crap out of the police officers. I, I think. I think uh, two of them. He really yeah, two of them around. Good God! Everybody's leaving that out on the mainstream media and people on the left. Listen, it is not as horrible that that guy died. Nobody thinks that that's good that 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 guy died. That's very very sad. But to say that it was simple as he was sleeping, the, the police harassed him, they dragged him out, and they shot the guy in the back and killed him. That's completely disingenuous. That's a lie, and that's not getting us anywhere closer to the presumptive goal. Exactly. It's getting us further away. There, there was yeah, one thing. There I, was I, more I, that happened. I want to hear from Jenny. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say there was a there was a lot more. I definitely heard every single newscaster saying he was sleeping in his car and boom, this happened. There was a lot that happened between point A, you know, and the end of what what went on in his death, unfortunately. But I, I have to say, from my perspective is I don't think I have an answer. I don't think anybody has an answer because it's not that easy. After going to a few seminars and learning how to interact with law enforcement, they are people, too, coming to a scene prepared for the worst case scenario but having to act the best, right? And I think it's just such a difficult job. And I, I not to take away from him, but watching the riots going on in, in New York City and watching, you know, people storming into a store, breaking in and coming out and having the cops use batons at their shins and not stopping one person. It was, you know, there's just a lot of different angles you can look at that from. And it's ineffective. People and I don't know it. how a cop, I mean, how, how how do you respond when somebody's beating you up? I, I don't know the answers. I don't know if anybody does, but so much training needs to be um, done on both parts and everybody has to be sensitive to the other side. There's not just one way to look at this, period. Uh, that's an excellent point. Chris, you, know, you had something? Yeah, I, I was watching this somewhat closely over the past couple days, and one thing I found very troubling is there's a video that was just released today, I believe, of that prosecutor, the same head prosecutor, uh, on video saying that a taser is a deadly weapon, just in another case like a few weeks ago, number one. Uh. So he's now saying it's not a deadly weapon. Um and and I think we all know, you know, that it that it certainly can be. People die every year from being tased uh, during police encounters. It happens. Not that it's it's a less lethal. I think that thing. would need the expert witness work because to show that something a yeah. deadly weapon, it's got to be readily capable of causing death or serious bodily injury. Generally speaking, so it's not just because something could cause death or serious bodily injury. I mean, a Nerf gun, if you shoot it down somebody's throat, could cause them to choke to death. Does that mean that that's uh, you know, shooting a Nerf gun at somebody is deadly force? Not necessarily but I, I think that if you're going to talk out of both sides of your mouth that's a that's an issue and to say that he's considering the death penalty absolutely yeah. outrageous what you can say uh, with a straight face is that after looking at all of this video from the from start to finish that you're not sure it was a proper use of deadly force I could understand somebody taking that position right. what I cannot uh, understand is this is a, a case that warrants the death penalty or consideration of the death penalty or what I cannot accept is that none of this stuff in between took place. And I don't understand why the mainstream media feels the need to do this because with the totality of the circumstances, people are able to formulate their opinion, right? They're able to form an intelligent and fully informed opinion based on what's there. And they may very well come to the conclusion that the media wants them to come to. But when you give us one snippet of the story and you paint it one way and you slant it one way and your agenda is so entirely obvious and we find out that you've lied to us, you've lost all credibility. And this is what the mainstream media has done over the last 10 years or so. And this is why Donald Trump won the last election and they can't figure out why. And this is why they've tortured him for the last four years and he's going to win again and they're going to be crying for another four years. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point, Mike. And I think, yeah. you know, the, the consequences need to be looked at here because the reason I was bringing that part up with the taser is if you look at the 
you know, the totality of the circumstances, as you often say in your seminars, and the fact that, you know, he's charging him the way he is based on what he said the week before about tasers and also, you know, the 40 minute exchange. And, and I don't believe he should have been shot and killed. But, you know, there was a there was a very stressful situation. I believe the officer was hit in the head and even had a little bit of a concussion. But now there's officers in that area who are calling out, you know, they're not showing up for work because they're fearful that yeah, if I, they I, have some type of situation yeah. and also. So um, in, in New York, the police are saying on the 4th of July, they may do some sort of strike as a result of this. So I think that, you know, we all need to take a step back as a, as a country and as a people and look at these things objectively and realize, you know, am I getting political in what I'm about to say or not? You know, how do we come together? Because they, they also got rid of one of the divisions in New York. I don't know if you, you're aware of the that. One of the plain that, that's been clothes. very successful over the last several decades. New York's just going to turn. Kerry, you lived in New York for a while. I lived in Brooklyn in the you know, late 80s, early 90s. I remember when Dinkins was in office and how horrendous it was uh, before Giuliani got in office. I think that's what it's going to become one more time. Don't you think, Kerry? Well, here's the thing. When Giuliani came in, he really cleaned the place up. But I feel that also another way of looking at it is I would be very, very inauthentic to my, I'm 40 now, to my to my teenage and 20-year-old self when I say he was an authoritarian, he was this and that, he's busting people for these little tiny quality of life crimes. But I guess as you get older, you start to look and say, you know what? It's nice to be able to walk through Times Square, and even though it's Disney World now, at the very least, you're not going to get mugged or killed. And in the 80s, well, just wait a couple of years. With De Blasio, he'll have it ruined for you. No, no, I've saw. And you know, here's here's what the main problem is, though. It's not like you can exercise your rights over there. You can't, so you can't protect yourself, right? You're just going to be at a disadvantage (laughs) with all the criminals who are going to have their firearms anyway and be able to rob you and and kill you and, and rape old ladies and have impunity because there's no police to go ahead and and catch the bad guys. They're not allowed to do so anyway. Last word from Jenny on the block. Oh, hi. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess to my other point, I mean, I I think that with the um, George Floyd case, it was absolutely, you know, um, clear cut. Everybody agreed. And then, you know, the riots ensued and and then the focus was elsewhere, which is, you know, quite sad. Um, But I think with this next case, it's um, is this where we're headed now? That every time a police officer comes to a scene and, um, you know, these things happen and unfortunately something like this can happen, right? In that type of scenario, it's very heightened. I mean, absolutely a guy who's, um, you know, a, a drunken situation should not wind up with a death. But you have to also look at what happened in between. Like you said, I think that was the main point is what is happening in between and, are, you know, use every tool to deescalate. But if something happens and the perpetrator or somebody is going after the police in some way, I know um, just because the way I was, I grown up, if, if you go after a police officer in any way, shape or form, they will uh, react in some way. And I don't know how it's going to end. However, maybe more education, maybe more education in the home and how to interact with law enforcement would be the best thing. I think, um, or, or just educating the public. I think that's, that's the a, only, only that's way That's a good to really point. That's a good point. I did hear, though, one of the, the white people, <laughs> one of the white people, one of the <laughs> people on TV, <laughs> one of the newscasters saying, you know, I have, he was a white guy, he said something like, I've never had to have conversations with my children about interaction with police because we're white. And I realized that it's because we're white that I never had to have these conversations. And I'm thinking in my head, what the heck is this guy talking about? I, you know, growing up, my father always taught me. 
they listen when you're you're interacting with law enforcement hands stay on the wheel keep your hands visible yes sir no sir and, uh, you know narrate what you're doing communicate with them so they don't think you're reaching for anything we always have this conversation with me what's that I said, I wish my parents had that conversation with me. I'm, I'm white, and I'll tell you one thing. Well, you know what? I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent. I will, if I could just say one thing about right the police. Well, you got 20 seconds, of, which is impossible. Okay. Go ahead. It, it, real quick, I think that the government. Um, I'm going to side with the, uh, with the, um, with the freedom side of me. Well, when government's job has become pretty much to harass motorists, I think it's uh, in most towns like San Jersey, for example, careful what you wish for. You might get it. You want a lot of police interactions? Well, this is what happens. Here you go. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Stick around for We the People, the Constitution Matters.